Welcome to the Timaru District Council Cast. I'm Communications Manager Stephen Doran. This week, the Council has released its first cut of the District Plan, which will guide growth and development over the next decade and beyond. This episode, District Planning Manager Mark Geddes joins me to discuss what it's about and how we're keen to hear from you about what you think about it. So we're coming into the time when you're just about to publish the first cut of the draft district plan. So scaling it right back to basics, what actually is the district plan? The district plan is a plan for the next 10 years. It controls land use and subdivision in our district. And and it really controls you know, what you can build on your property, what your neighbours can build on there, what your neighbourhood's going to look like. And of course, it takes all the things that we you know, know and love about our district, including heritage and landscapes and coastal environment and that type of thing. And it sets a blueprint for the future development of the district. How do you go about creating that? Is it, is it a simple process or is it quite a complex one? Yeah, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on which way you look at it, it's a, it's a process that involves a lot of research and a lot of public engagement. So we started this number of years ago. We started off for a start looking at, well, what are the issues? And we consulted the public and you know, stakeholders and almost anyone we could. And once we identified the issues, we then went into, well, what are the options? And we released a series of 18 dis- discussion documents about that. And we consulted the public again. And then we went back to our councillors and said, listen, well, this is what the consultation is. Where do we go from here? And they gave us a, some direction and then that informed the drafting. So straight away, you can see, you know, very involved uh, process and there's probably yeah there's more to it than that as well because councils don't do these very often do they there's the sort of the annual plan which you do every year there's the long-term plan you do every three years but then this is a whole other ball game isn't it yeah that's right so it's really every 10 years we have to review our plan planning it planning is an ongoing process so you're, you're supposed to um, produce a plan and start monitoring it if it's not working you're supposed to change it so it's a sort of continuous process what goes into it how do you balance the need for land the need for development with the need to protect stuff it's a good question um the resource management act it, it takes a sort of a sustainable management approach so talks about enabling as well as protecting and uh, it really depends on the circumstance so if there's land um that in a, in a commercial area we're obviously um zoning that and trying to enable development on that but there might be issues with that land it could be quite close to a you know particular wetland or could be on the coast or it could be next door to some neighbours and so therefore you may look at placing restrictions on the development of that land to make sure it's sustainable. So the last plan was looked at um, 10 years ago so that would have been the mid to late 2000s. What's changed since then? Do you have more knowledge? Uh, a lot's changed. Um, the environment's changed for one thing. We now have you know climate change which wasn't a big issue. A lot of the issues have changed. Say so there's been land use intensification which means our rural areas under pressure. There's been biodiversity has been cleared. There's less of that. And of course we've uh, also we, we know how our plans worked and what hasn't worked, what's worked well. And of course we've got a lot of national direction. And district councils were required to give effect. That basically means do um, what, what, what higher order national and regional planning documents say. So if they say, you know, go this way, go to the left on a particular issue, we, we have to go in that direction. And there's been a huge amount of change when the Resource Management Act, the, you know, the first generation plans first came out, there was almost no national direction. And now there's there's no shortage of national direction. So, you know, fundamentally we've, we've, we've got a document that's sort of out of date and, and needs a lot of change to bring it in line with national and regional policy. Previous versions of these of this plan has been 
like a doorstop. A lot of trees have been cut down to bridges. So what's the change you're making this time around? So one of the big changes, which is great to see, is we've got an electronic plan, which we call our e-plan. And that's that's pretty cool because it enables you to just click on your property and the provisions relevant to your property will come up. So it just makes it easier. You do have to have some basic skills of how to use a computer, but we've tried to provide an online tutorial um, for that, which is which is coming <laughs> soon. And, yeah, and, it, and it's not too hard, I think. So does it mean in the future if someone wants to develop a bit of land, all they've got to do is tap the address in and it tells them? Everything. Yeah, that's right. And and all the relevant provisions um, will, will come up. And so there, for a start, there will be a, a land use zoning. So it could be a, like a residential area um, and it could have some overlays. So it could be maybe it's in a coastal environment overlay or a landscape overlay or something like that. And those overlays will place additional rules on the development of that land. So that's sort of how it works. You've now published, as of today what you call the first cut. What does that mean and what do you want people to do about it? So the first cut is just simply that this is the first time the public's seen the provisions altogether. And as I said earlier, we've, we've consulted them at issues, consulted them at options stage, and this is the first time we're going back to them saying, hey, we've stuck it all together, let's let's get your reaction. We're really interested in what the, the public and the stakeholders got to say and, and as you'll be aware making any sort of legislation or major policy document is, is notoriously hard to get right you do to a certain extent rely on the different perspectives that are out there to make the, the document better to test it and that's what we want to do we're doing before we publicly notify it so before we get into the formal process because we really do value what our what our rate powers have to say. It seems like a highly technical document that can actually have effects on your life and your lifestyle. For sure because it controls all land use because it controls what you can do on your your property you know if you want to you know work from home you know you have to look at what the plan says about that if you want to extend your deck or put an extension on for a new child then again you have to you know look at what the plan says about that so it, it affects us all really and are the rules stricter than people think with regards to some things? No, I wouldn't say that. I'd say, you know, the rules will provide for what's expected in the area. Say, like a residential area, you'd expect to, for residential uses to be allowed, and they are subject to standards. Um, and the same in commercial and farming areas. And, you know, for residential areas, you, you don't want factories or um, industrial development, so we don't provide for them. We make sure that industrial development in a residential area would be closely scrutinised. Uh, but then again, there could be some sort of level of industrial development that could be suitable. Say, if you're brewing your, you know, beer in your backyard or something, it depends on the scale. So it's complicated, I suppose, in terms of how some aspects of it work, but um, most of it makes a lot of, a lot of sense. Is it quite a challenge to get public engagement on this because it is quite abstract until it affects you? Yes and no. Sometimes the public will quite easily look at plan provisions and going, is that description of my neighbourhood right? Is that what I want? And we're definitely keen to get uh, input on that, particularly the medium density um, zone where we want to um, you know, slightly increase um, residential densities and we're very keen to know, well, have we, have we got this concept right of what this neighbourhood, what we want it to be? But then there's other stuff that are, that is subject to national and regional direction. So you know, if a, a national policy statement says we have to 
protect indigenous biodiversity or provide for the maintenance of infrastructure, then that's what we have to do. But there's there's always there's also always detail about that national direction. It's just about um, how we achieve it. You said it now has to take in a lot of new science that's come along since the the last one. So things like um, climate change, coastal erosion, that sort of thing. Um, there's, well, there's a lot of aspects to, to climate change. And so, you know, some of the key ones are um, coastal hazards. So we all know about sea level rise. And so we recently commissioned with with the help of Environment Canary a coastal hazard assessment. And that, of course, took into account uh, sea level rise, coastal inundation, coastal erosion. And so we now have an up-to-date model for the district of what that's going to look like for the next 30 years. And that gets incorporated in the district plan by rules. And we, we get those you know, lines drawn on paper saying, OK, um, this area is potentially subject to inundation and a one in 200 year event. So then we have a rule and a plan saying, OK, well, if you don't have to put your house there, you know, we need to consider things pretty closely. There's a lot of talk about house prices, lack of land and things like that. So you talked about the medium density zone. Does that lead to a certain degree of sort of low scale intensification to start sort of building back into town rather than just spreading out into productive land? Yeah, so the the amount and location of zone land has been dealt with in the growth management strategy. So that that was a document that took a real strategic view. And we said, okay, well, which direction do we want to go? Do we want to go out? Do we want to consolidate our town? And one of the fundamental drivers of growth in this uh, district is actually our ageing population because it means that um, house, household formation rates, rates are getting smaller. So that means we go from a you know, family of four or five to it's just mum and dad, plus the kids have also got a home. And that's actually what's driving the demand for household growth in our district at the moment. So then we ask ourselves, well, where do we want to put mum and dad? And so we've got this you know, ageing population, um, which is going to be about 30% of our population in a few years' time, over 75. And so we go, the best place to put them is beside services and activities. So if they you know, lose use of a motor vehicle, they can walk to the shops. And so you know, what we've done is we've identified areas in and around our Highfield Village Mall, plus the town centre where you can build a higher density to provide for that low-maintenance property that people over 75 are looking for. It's part of a treaty obligations, isn't it, to consult with Tangina in creating this? That's right, and, and the, well, the treaty obligations are, are brought into the RMA a number of different ways, but to cut a long story short, we're required to consult with them, let them identify their issues, and really work with them. It's a really work-with situation. Previously, the operative... You know, district plan didn't you know didn't have a, a lot of provisions in relation um, to Māori, unfortunately. So this this draft plan remedies that situation. For a start, you know, we consulted from, with Tangata Whenua uh, from the outset of this process and and talked to them about how they wanted to be engaged. And they now have an environmental consultancy, AECL. We started off by letting them identify what are the values we want you to protect, and they identified those plus their sites of significance to them. And then we worked with them in terms of, well, okay, these are the sites and values. Um, how do we protect those through the rules and the plan? And we formed a collaborative group with them to do that. And then we looked also at um, their, you know, their settlements and trying to provide for what's called papakaianga, um, housing or you know, Maori settlement zones. And, of course, the other thing we did, we, we made sure uh, Māori values are sort of integrated throughout the whole plan. So you know, we, we think we've taken very much a best practice approach to consultation and really it was 
sort of partnership, to be honest, with the local Runanga. So, and it's also we've got a, a Māori Tereo name for the plan as well. So you want people to have their say on this. How do people actually go about that? Well, you can go about it a couple of different ways. First, you can get onto our um, electronic plan, our e-plan, and get onto the submission system there. There's some excellent um, guidance on ha- on how to use that on our webpage, and you just simply make your submission. And once you've sort of logged in, put your your details and your password, you can go along and click on the relevant provisions and just have your say. Really, sort of makes it quite an efficient process. Or if you're not so savvy with the computer, you can request a meeting to talk to one of our planning staff or consultants. And, and the benefit of that is you can discuss things a lot lot easier, and they can um, you know make a note of what was said and um, put that into our electronic um, submission system for you. And then what happens with that feedback? Is there the opportunity to make actual real change to the plan at this point? Oh, there is, and this is the great thing about consulting about a draft. This is not formally notified. We're very open-minded. We want to hear back, and it's a perfect opportunity to make change now rather than when it gets into a formal process and there's a a lot more evidence called. We just ultimately really want to make the best plan for our district. So great time to get involved. Is it exciting? Are you nervous? Is it this is a lot of work that you're suddenly putting out into public scrutiny. Oh, listen, I'm very excited to have this thing finished. <laughs> there's, been a, there's been a huge amount of uh, work going into this, uh, particularly since the lockdown. It's just great to actually put it out there and see what people think of it. Of course, yeah, there's public scrutiny, but you know, as planners, that's what we do. You know, we're used to that. We'd like to think we've taken a very robust, or taken a very robust process in terms of how we've developed them. And I guess by its nature, not everyone's going to be happy all the time with every rule. Yeah, people. Some people won't be happy, and and that's the people we want to hear 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 from. You know, um, you know these are these these are issues. Um, you know, and people do get, um, I suppose, emotional involvement. But just avoiding the emotional side from it at the moment, we just want to we want to attack the issue and see, you know, what is the most effective and efficient provisions we can put in place here to bring about sustainable development. So there's literally hundreds of issues in this district plan, and by no means do we think that we've we've nailed them all. So you know, let's hear from people. Be part of the solution. The feedback period closes at the end of November. What's the next step after that? So the next step is we, we get all the feedback together, summarise it, we have a look at you know what are the big issues we need to change, we um, summarise those for elected members, present them what the consultation said and obviously make our recommendations as to how to go forward and, and, and come up with a final proposed plan. When do you think that proposed plan will come out then? I think probably about October 2021. All going well. Mm-hmm. And then what's the timeline for the actual adoption of the final, final district plan? Once we publicly notify it, it goes out for formal submissions, then further submissions, and then there's opportunities for mediation and pre-hearing meetings, hearings where you can turn up to you know have your say in front of a commissioner and, and councillors. Then council releases their final uh, decisions on submissions, and then it goes into appeal process. Unfortunately, a long process, but it's long because it's providing for for democratic input, really. As you know, they're very important. It really does affect what we can do and how. So, you know, that's why they the process makes sure everyone has a, an appropriate opportunity to have their say. Mm-hmm. And once you finally get the... Uh 
the district plan embedded? Do you start planning for the next one? We sure do. We, we, well, we start monitoring it to see how it's going. And, and you know, what you'll find is um, you're always going to find things when you go to implement stuff, plan provisions, which just simply don't work. <laughs> for whatever reason, or you might want to tinker about them, or there might be a new issue come up. And so, you know, we've constantly got our eye out for, you know, merging issues and provisions that um, are not working how we want them to. And I guess this is where the public feedback now comes into into play is that it, you need people to look at these things and say, have we got it right? That's right. And the, the public will have their view, the stakeholders will have theirs, and what it provides us is a real test. It gives us an opportunity to just reconsider things. Have we got that right? Because everyone has a slightly different view. If you're a developer out there, you don't have a slightly different view um, as to what the council was, and we value that. And you know, you have to be mature enough to say, "Well, we don't have all the answers," and that's what public consultation is all about.